Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Get It Off Your Breast, the podcast digging into all those issues really getting off your skin. My name's Leanna Bird and myself and Emma Gannon are really, really excited about this week's podcast. We are doing an International Women's Day special. Why, you may ask? Well, because this Friday, 8th of March, it is International Women's Day. And joining us to focus on one topic and one topic alone this week, but we go on a hell of a lot of tangents, is a woman who's doing some very, very important work right now for women's rights in general. She worked for many years in the fashion industry. She had an epiphany, a revelation related to her own body image and to the way that women are treated within the fashion industry and the wider world. And she is now working incredibly hard artistically, but also as an activist, speaking across all kinds of platforms uh, to ensure that her message, her very important message is heard. So we'll introduce her in just a few moments time and let her tell you a little bit more about this topic. Um, But also just a quick note before we begin to let you know that we are going to be taking a short season break, a mid-season break after this episode so we'll be away for a couple of weeks but we will be back for the second half of season three so do stick with us and thank you for your patience with that so back to this episode and joining us this week we are incredibly incredibly excited to be joined by none other than grace woodward so we are delighted to be joined for this episode by the incredible Grace Woodward. Grace, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for popping over. And hey, I get to have a nosy at your house. I mean, this is like a <laughs> pleasure. Thanks. I feel like you really fit in because you're wearing like really vibrant colours and we, you could just basically stay here and be camouflaged. Oh, that would be so cool to fly on the wall in, on your, in your house. <laughs> Documentary in itself. <laughs> so Grace, as our guest, we would like to invite you first to, uh, to have your say what would you like to get off your breast this week well hmm. i feel like i should be naked for this question i don't know why i want to get clothes off my breasts um well like the fashion industry um i've 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 i'm in fashion recovery it seems um it's been my entire career until basically uh, i just for many reasons ethically morally I can't do it anymore and it's taken me a long time. It's kind of counterintuitive to leave any career that you've done for 20 years and you've trained in it. And so I was a bit of a scaredy cat for like five years and sat on the fence and was like, well, if I choose to work with really great brands, of which there are very little, by the way. And so uh, I just got sort of dwindling earnings and I was like, what am I doing? And um, I was working, as you know, recently to turn around Zandra Rhodes, which is you know ethical brand. She's really great. She really needed help. British heritage brand. I was like, this is, this is it for me. I'm going to run this brand. It's going to be amazing. And then it just, for, for whatever reasons, I think because in my heart, I knew I just didn't want to work in fashion anymore because if you're selling 3000 pound dresses, it's the same old shit. Basically, it doesn't matter if it's ethical, it's the same old shit. Um, i.e. you've got to book the models and the models are doing, you know, and it's, it's this kind of like, uh, it's just a sort of rat race. And, um, I had to sort of, I don't want to call it a breakdown. If I'm going to go with my Brené Brown, I'd call it a breakthrough. Um, <laughs> um, 
And basically, I left Sandra's um, and so I called my husband. And I was like, I've got to leave. And he was like, do you have to? And I was like, yeah, I do. I really do. And the reason why he said, do you have to, is we just booked a holiday. And it's, um, it's been my first PAY job, PAYE job in like 20 years because I've been freelance my whole career. So they're kind of really different things. And we went to Mexico because he was so excited. I was actually earning properly. And, and I was like, God, don't fuck this up. Don't spiral. Like you do, you do the spiraling thing. Please don't do the spiraling thing when you're away. And inevitably, I was like trying to keep my head in check, but wasn't freaking out about money or job. I was just like, okay, this is this is it. This is clean break. This is like new start time. What I was freaking out about was my body, and I'd been doing a you know a, a nine to five job, or actually much more than nine to five. Who does a nine to five job anymore? But in an office, commuting from Hertfordshire, it's a couple of hours a day, going back to my five year old, doing all the stuff that you do, sitting down, having dinner with my husband, really, you know, going to bed at nine, watching telly, exhausted, and piling on the pounds. And uh, having worked in fashion all my life, I've been deliberately thin, professionally anorexic, probably, I'd say. I'm only just getting my head around talking about what uh, my what my like my eating disorders versus my mum's eating disorders because she had an eating disorder her whole life. So I thought if I wasn't bulimic or anorexic, I didn't have an eating disorder. And this, it turns out, isn't true because now I've started to peel back all of the stuff of the fashion industry. I've realised that actually my thinking and my body image and everything is very very disordered. Um, and so I just had my parallels wrong. I just thought if I'm not puking, I'm, you know, I'm not unwell. But um, it actually turns out the sort of pressures made me kind of very mentally unwell. But so I was in Mexico and all of this stuff was going through my head. And um, I took a photo of me and my son, both naked. But, you know, one of those ones where you can't really see everything. One that's sort of Instagrammable. Oh, apart from you can't see baby's bums on Instagram because it got taken down three months later. Um, which is a whole other thing. Instagrams, mm. um, incessant, uh, you know, uh, sh- not shame. Well, it is shaming actually of women's bodies. Um, shutting down of women's bodies is like a whole other topic in itself. I, they've taken down all of the nude pictures that I've done. And when I say nude, I'm not doing Kardashian nude, which we can get onto that topic later as well. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is I'm not doing provocative sexy nudes i'm doing political nudes which is not me in a g-string you know posed as if i'm you know in a porn film it's me just being with an average 42 year old post-cesarean body normal average body naked not you know it's and and to find that they've been all taken down i find really amazingly interesting mm. uh, and i'm i've kind of wheeled forward a bit through the project because uh, i decided that um actually i decided to talk to the universe while I was um, in Mexico, I was reading Mary Carr and she she talks about her alcoholic recovery and her mum was an alcoholic and my mum was an alcoholic. So um, she went to become an alcoholic and I realised that my addictions are actually slightly different. It's like weird, <laughs> brilliant. Um, my addictions became about fashion and about um, um, fitting in and about shopping and and all of the stuff that you there was the perfect fit for fashion because I was really insecure, I was like totally like competitive with myself and everybody else. And so I just like I just like bought, you know, everything, nothing was ever enough. No amount of none of the best handbags or the shoes or whatever was ever enough. And then I sort of this is when I realized in Mexico, I just felt empty. It had left me absolutely empty. And then when I had the opportunity to start again, I was like, well shit, what do I do now? So I had a word with the universe and sort of said, okay, 
well, what now? Uh, I need a sign and I need it kind of like yesterday. Um, and so I took this photo of me and my son and I, I was really nervous, really, really nervous because I was going through this freak out and I put it up and I've never had a response like it. The dialogue was just, I just suddenly felt, and I can only put it, I can only explain it. Like when I worked in fashion, I didn't feel like I was speaking the same language as everybody else. And all of a sudden, just this one post, people were like, oh, wow, I feel the same. Or I never thought somebody like you in your position would feel like that. I always thought you were this, that and the other. And I was getting loads of DMs. And, you know, and I'd felt like I'd lost my voice working in fashion because just peddling the same old shit as everybody else, basically. And I was like, oh, that was my eureka moment where I was suddenly connecting with people on the same, in the same language that I'd always been speaking internally, but I'd never actually externalized it. So the minute I took that, like what I felt was a like, really brave step for me, I was suddenly like, oh, wow, actually, this is it bearing your vulnerabilities actually becomes your strength. So all of the things that I thought like I had to hide from everyone and I've done it my entire life through therapy, through all the sorts of things like, like, you know, trying to shrink my body or being embarrassed about stuff or being um, embarrassed about being from my mum's mental health, the fact that she was so anorexic and the fact she died. Um, I thought people would think I was the same. And in the way, in a way I was driving myself to be the same by not being open about mm. it. So suddenly like opening up the whole can of worms and telling everybody everything has completely changed my life. It's revolutionized my life. That is so amazing because I think for a lot of people that that does sound terrifying and you just said yourself that it was because yeah. your whole career was about being glamorous and having the best shoes and having the best mm. life and having the best things in your wardrobe and like the best career. Did, how was that just so scary to to unravel and it's un an reveal you know the reason why I talk about it is a kind of addiction because I was hiding so much vulnerability um, my mum was an alcoholic from all, when I was young my dad was an addict and he left when I was 18 months so I had to look after my mum and I was hiding all of that behind a kind of um a personality that I built and the fashion industry really suited that because it's sort of like, you know, um, some are like we're sort of introverted extrovert. So there's a, I really sort of dress up and, <laughs> and then I'm like, God, why is everybody looking at me? It's, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I loved it. You know, I, the reason why fashion I love, there is, even though I'm, I'm cutting my ties mostly with fashion, there are reasons why I still love it. I think it's a really amazing tool for self-expression. Um, so if you take out the industry, and that's kind of why I fell into it, because it was about self-expression, it was about creativity, it was about a positivity. So I've always dressed in colour, I've always dressed a bit mad, um, and I've always felt like that was a thing. And actually, when you get into fashion, fashion as an industry is is, is about fitting in, and it's about buying the same thing as everybody else to be on trend, to fit in with the herd. And I never fit in with the herd, because I was an adult when I was three. So it, inherently, I kind of changed when I was young. Um, and, and so I, I forgive fashion a bit, but I also completely don't, um, in the fact that it, it does what it says on the tin. It's, it's an industry. Um, and so whilst I want to, I, I, I want to change it from the inside because I think you can, but also it is a massive monster machine. So I, I won't be taken down by it. You know, it's that thing that you sort of think, well, you could be, you can be stupid, about something you have to pick your battles and the one battle that I definitely want to choose and whether the fashion industry comes in on that because it might be just too much of a big battle 
is that I now just want to help women. I want to make my messaging better. I've started a project called Body of Work, which is a nudes project, which I'm going back. Uh, it's uh, I'm going back revisiting a number of photographers and creatives. Um, not all of them. I was sexually assaulted by a very powerful British photographer. So I can't say, yeah, that can't be my MO. I'm going to go revisit everybody because I just can't. And there are other people that were extremely abusive, even if it wasn't sexual. Um, so I have to pick pick the people cleverly. Um, the point of the project is, so I'm not doing any um, retouch. I'm not doing any ex- exercise regime because lots of people lots of celebrities because I've done TV. I'm still, I, I don't think of myself as a celebrity, but I'm still put in that realm because I do TV. So that's why I kind of talk about celebrity sometimes. Um, lots of celebrities when they do like photo shoots, front covers, especially like women's health, which is supposed to be about uh, women's health. You know, they do this six week workout and it's like shred their body and, you know, and it's just like, okay, well that's a perfected version of you and actually you're not like that all the time so what I don't feel like is you're actually dealing with all of women's health you're just dealing with women's you're just actually dealing with fitness and that's a control that's and to me it's another but you know really hardcore control of women's bodies which kind of comes on under lots of like it could be is it comes on you see so many people who are disordered within their control of their bodies and that doesn't have to be through eating it can be through exercise or you know, um, the whole kind of clean eating thing. And all those diet pills. Orthorexia. And influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those stupid, like, yeah, that, so drink ap- this. Appetite <laughs> suppressants and all of that, you know, all of that. And so what I'm trying to say is that this is this is me in, in accepted celebrity style pictures with an average body. So some women, I've had some pushback from women saying, oh, I wish I looked like you. But what I'm trying to look at with the project as well, and Instagram has been massively, massively eye-opening and helpful for this as well, is that immediately women, other women see a picture of somebody, they project onto it and they go, yeah, but I don't look like that. And they, and I try to say to women, okay, we might not look physically similar, but do you hate yourself like I do? Well, I don't know. It's like, well, do you hate yourself? Well, no, I don't think I do. Well, I do. And so, you know, I've got, I'm in a real battle with myself um, I, I, through, you know, kind of historic eating, you know, disordered eating through my family and then through working in, a, in, a, in an industry where the only currency is just how thin and beautiful you are. And it doesn't matter how you achieve it. Nobody asks. So I was, I was taking mm-hmm. diet pills and I was like seven and a half stone and I'm five foot six and a half. I have never had so many people say to me, oh my God, you look amazing. <laughs> you know, because that, that's the only currency. And that is what I, I want to take to task, to say to women, you know what? Actually, you are enough. Thinness is it's not a goal. It's, mm. it's so true though, because you, what you were saying there about other women going, well, yes, but you know, I wish I looked like you. Or even if you take that a step further, well, yes, what you're doing is brave, bearing all, but you know, you have got certainly when I look at you I go well you've got a good body right and I know you you don't feel it but it's so true what you're saying Mm -hmm. because it's about how you feel because there are women out there 
who don't have the traditionally, you know, skinny bodies who are like bigger, but have this confidence and mm. they can strip Naomi up. Naomi Shimada. And, yeah, uh, and, and she looks amazing, right? I mean, yeah, just yeah. incredible. And, and yet there's I other women to... who, there's, well, sorry, I was just going to say, there's other women who you look at and you go, well, to me, you look like you've got an absolutely banging body, but they will feel like riddled with insecurity. Yeah. So it's so much more about what's going on in your head yeah. than it is about how you look to other people. And, and remember that, um, the show, the Gok Wan show, and they used to get people to put them in, in a lineup. Oh, that was always amazing oh where God, they put themselves, yeah. you were like, Whoa. So you're, uh, the way you How see yourself is always yeah. so different and yeah. you'd always see yourself as like the larger or the lesser tra- or whatever, you know, your insecurity may be. You you, you, ha- you can't actually, none of us can really see ourselves who we are. And that's what why what you've done is really brave because you're kind of, you're, you're putting yourself under this kind of very public scrutiny going, this is me laid bare, laid naked. And I, I can, even for someone who's confident, you know, that, that could be terrifying. And I think it's a really a brave and amazing sort of thing that you've been doing actually with the, with your work. I'm go- I'm getting pushback, but I'm pleased for that mm. um, because I think it opens up a dialogue. It's 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 hard because I feel I'm quite defensive because it's a very new thing. I've literally shared a skin, so I feel like I'm a sort of little newborn piglet, you know, with lovely soft skin, and I'm quite sensitive, you know. So I'm trying to work within that to um, listen to what people have to say and go, okay, is is this about me or about them? And, um, and, and work together with it because I think being a woman is a universal issue and that's the crux of it. Like the stuff that's coming up is my stuff and everybody else's stuff. And I get cross with other, um, celebrities who've got workout DVDs and stuff like that. And then I'm like, hang on a second. They're all up against the same system. They're only doing it because they've been told that they need to lose weight or do a workout DVD. They've just not given an option. When I had my baby, my mum died when he was eight weeks old. And she, the last 10 years of her life, we've been estranged. It was incredibly difficult, that dying. So, I mean, it's, I, I haven't had, I haven't had a parent I love die. So I don't know what space that lives in people's life. But when you have an apparent that you, you've been estranged from an extremely complicated relationship and a mum that I really desperately needed to be there through my life and just wasn't. So I literally mentally went down for a couple of years. Um, and I couldn't, in that time, I couldn't find any icons anywhere that I could feel that could help me in any other way except for the snapback body. And I found that really disappointing. As someone, like, I've got a 10-month-old baby now. And honestly, like, who's got the time to worry about that? Like, mm. I feel like we're under so much pressure. And we've got so, like, I mean, we were having a conversation before, Grace, and I was saying, like, naps are just, I mean, just trying to get them to sleep. Like, there's so much on your plate suddenly. And then trying to juggle that with your actual life as well, that to try and not lose the life that you had before and juggle everything, like worrying about getting your body back for me anyway is literally like the last thing on my priorities right now like getting enough sleep not being ill that's kind of up there and I think this pressure is just insane like let people live let them deal with it like but then there are other I think that we are you know it's probably safe to say we're pretty much on the same page I listened to your podcast about pubes and yeah I'm down with the big bush vibe so you know I think we're pretty much on the same page here um you know I'm going on um Lorene next week and um I was a bit like should I do this This feels odd um and Christine Bleakley or Christine Lampard is um is hosting it and she had a baby in September I think she already looks like fitter than Frank quite frankly and I was like but that's 
but that's standard for TV because you are there as decoration. And if you, you can't possibly be anything that's outside of the box if you are young and gorgeous. And every, I feel, I fear actually that every single woman that has a baby on TV doesn't feel like they have an option, but to be like, back being like tits and teeth immediately but so, i mean and, and look the thing is some some women are like i have friends who naturally just have got quite lean bodies and they have a baby and you know within a month or so they they do look um the same and that's fine but isn't it about honesty i so wish in terms there were of, more people well, where you're like oh she's just had a baby cool of yeah. course that she's gonna be slightly different around the middle or whatever. or, or that it's like you were saying with the whole woman's health front cover it's like if you are someone and like two months after you have a baby you look amazing if like fine if you just snap back naturally because that's your body type fine but if you worked really really hard and you've had to pay a night nanny and a nanny so that you've had time to go into the workouts just be honest about it like if you're doing women's health naked and you shred it at the gym for six weeks say here's me i look amazing by the way, I don't normally look like this. Yeah. I worked out for six weeks. Like, it's like, it's yeah. just be honest. If you, if you want to make yourself look incredible, don't pretend that it's not hard work and that everyone else can do it. And if they don't have the financial and the physical support from other people. But then I feel like that. I, I agree with that. But I'm like, does every, would everyone have to do small print forevermore? If you're selling, if you're, if you're on something like women's selling health, your body, which you're is about your body, body and it's yeah. body ideals and you're just going, yeah, I mean, I just eat burgers. And look, don't get me wrong. There are some women who do just eat burgers and they do just look amazing because yay for jeans and yay for them. There's nothing wrong with that. They shouldn't yeah. feel embarrassed about that. But there are also a hell of a lot of women out there who work really, really hard. And actually Paloma, who was um, a guest on us, um, she actually launched us season three. She had a baby and she was just honest with herself. She was like, I want to look a certain way. I'm a performer. I want to wear my clothes again. And she worked really, really, really hard. And she, But she was honest about it. So she would Instagram herself doing grueling, painful workouts and be like, oh my God, this is killing me. I hate this. This is the price I have to pay to have a body that I like. And she was at least honest with that. And I, I yeah, but I, is it a body that she likes or a body that she feels pressured into having? That's what I'm trying well, to pose the question. Yeah, totally. And, and I suppose only she can answer that and everyone will have a different one. But I just, what I kind of feel is disingenuous is pretending that that people don't have to give something up or sacrifice something for these things in life. Like if you want to, like, okay, we were talking before about makeup, right? Mm. I mean, because if you think about being naked, ultimately, like, where does that stop? Like, people could start saying, well, women shouldn't dye their hair. And, like, maybe one day we'll go makeup free and, like, not dye our hair and not even get haircuts because why should we do anything? So there is a kind of, like, where do you stop? But if you're honest about it, who cares? Like, you were saying that eyeliner is something you like. I'm the same. Yeah. But you don't pretend. You don't just go around going, oh, my God, my eyes are just, they look amazing. No, oh, I've got no eyeliner I've got no, make- no makeup on at all. Yeah, I just had this natural line because then other women look and go, God, my eyes are shit, aren't they? My eyes are terrible. And I just think if if you're honest and you go, here I am looking like this and I I, I chose to use make, wear makeup it's or like I chose to dye my Rinal- hair. You know, the Ronaldo thing where he was doing that power plate, selling that power plate thing and he was like, I got my abs from using this like vibrated, vibrating plate. And it's like, no, you got, you got your abs because you... But you've been playing football since you were three. Yeah, you probably, yeah. you know. Yeah. I feel like men lie as well. But that's the thing. It's- but it's not... At, so I think that that becomes a level of celebrity and so this is this part of what I'm doing Mm. and part of what you discuss a lot it's levels of morality or responsibility like the fashion industry for example you could you could say it doesn't need to be a moralistic place you know who says because they make stuff and they deal with women they have to be moralistic I'm challenging the fashion industry to say 
I think it can be moralistic because they are serving women and they do employ the most amount of women. But I think they put messaging out there which mind fucks women into buying more stuff that they don't really need, destabilizing yeah. women. The whole the whole messaging is destabilizing to buy stuff. And I just want to challenge that thinking as well in, in the bigger layer of the project that I'm mm-hmm. doing is that um, actually do we have to act like this anymore? I, I, I find the same about beauty products as well. The whole kind of talk about youth and, you know, it, it's sort of and anti-aging and stuff like that. And it's like, I've got to 42 now and I started having injectables when I was like 30, 31. Definitely didn't need them. But it was because I was doing TV and I was around older models and certain older presenters and stuff like that. And the, the discussions are rife behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Um, and you're like, oh, shit, well, maybe I should get into this. This is what everybody's doing. Because we're all fallible. And we're all kind yeah. of like, and we're all, you know, I remember being fascinated by what Kate Spicer was writing about when she was having loads of injectables and she was very public about it in the Sunday Times style. And you're like, well, how many millions of women are reading that? So there is a responsibility mm. to that, which... But I, I also think- feel like it's not our fault that we're made to feel this way, like... It's not our fault that if you said to me, oh, you've lost weight and I feel good about that or I, I feel better when I use a face cream where I have less wrinkles. I feel like, and not, not that you're saying this, but it's like I'm not a bad feminist for looking at these 30,000 images a day and feeling that way. Like mm. we're all victims to it and it's mm. like we're allowed to have a complicated relationship with our bodies because yeah, yeah. we're unpicking centuries of thin is good oh yeah yeah it's been the only message but and then but now old is bad is becoming the the most because obviously if you look at it on a broader scale of you know the huger scale of why old is bad it's about humans terrified of dying big pharma we're all living longer and so we don't want to look older so there's a whole there's a whole other bag of shit behind it not just the fact that the cosmetic industry just wants to sell us stuff it's like a really sort of deep seated kind of, of fear and that's why it's so um prevalent that's why it's so ad- addictive in a way i just wish we get to a place where pe- people walk down the street and they just feel so valued mm. and it's nothing to do with well, what they is, look like this is the thing so it's like where does this movement kind of end because they're obviously is a body positivity movement going on certainly in some circles online I, I don't know maybe we're living in a bit of a bubble that we see it and like mm. the wider community isn't but there, it feels like there's a necessary mm. shift happening mm. and the conversations are happening much more but where does it end because we're talking about sizing and you know they're kind of challenging the idea that thinner is better um and then there's the old the issue of like well you know we need to challenge the old issue but then it's do we eventually does the kind of like natural resting point be that actually people who are prettier and who are more beautiful and more attractive we need to kind of stop valuing that more because people do value that more and, mm-hmm. and should it be well who is this person like internally who what what are their talents what have they got to bring to the table are they funny are they i mean know? i don't want to bring up the patriarchy word <laughs> but um you know because i think it's a really it sort of simplifies it a bit and i feel a bit juvenile talking about it but it's it's true that um whilst we're not valued financially in the equal in inequality with equality in all of the industries that are out there we're still only going to be valued for our um decoration purposes so in terms of like practical stuff mm. to because what we're talking about is obviously a lot of the issues that mm. there are not just in the fashion industry in mm. the wider world and the patriarchal world that we live in mm. 
let's talk going back to the fashion industry. What mm. what changes would you like to see being made, like tangible stuff that could maybe make a difference, start some ripples? One that occurred to me recently, and uh, you know, the the plus size revolution is only you know only just really just started. I'd re- I really want to take out the word plus size. Just models will do. Mm. Thanks very much. Um, and that is a campaign that actually I should get behind because um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I can see the pushback. Oh, yeah, but how can we, you know, blah, 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 when we're doing castings. But it just it it just should be like people turn out for a casting, you know, and, and it's just not. It, there's there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of um, there's technical reasons why apparently because of sample sizes. So Is you it have true to that it's just cheaper if there's less fabric? So it's like, oh, let's just get this tiny woman to wear it. Um, I guess, you know, it would make sense. I've never heard that as a fact. Um, it's just, uh, it's basically the reason why models are so thin is because you don't really, you don't want a body in them. Going back to that thing that I said about the fashion industry, not necessarily having to be a, a, a moralistic ideal, but the way I see it, it, it affects women's lives so much. And I, it really messed me up. And that's why I feel I have to make amends by doing what I'm doing and I'm hope as I said I've just started so I hope that what I learn I can then input both personally and professionally it's amazing it's amazing that you're doing this because you're basically coming out of it saying I've been hurt by this and I want to basically Mm. help people not to be Mm -hmm. do you you think you're going to continue because I know you 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 posted um, I remember your original post and you posted the photo of you and your son and you wrote an incredible post underneath it which just got so like you said the conversation Mm. started and you really started addressing issues with your body and I know recently more recently anyway you you posted about injectables and Mm. and uh you know um whether or not to to stop doing anything to kind of um, make your face look younger. Um, do you think that this is almost in a way like in 20 years time, you're going to be like, right, no hair dye, no makeup, no, like just no, wearing like No, because I don't think that's realistic. I mean, I, th- I think that, I'm sure that everyone thinks I'm going to turn up, yeah, wearing like linen moomoos. Um, but um, no, because I'm just being who I am. Like I said, you know, I've always kind of sort of, wore bright colors or wear silly things because I just feel that expresses a part of my personality or my creativity um which is weirdly something that the fashion industry stymied most people fall into it because it's this kind of oh it's a creative industry it's not um and I found I was being less and less creative and the more I've left actually the more creative I'm becoming doing more kind of writing I read some poetry um but uh, no, it's, we, we, you know, after all of that conditioning, unless I wanted to go and live in heart on the beach in which I would be happily naked forever and don't, wouldn't care about what my face and hair look like. But, you know, what we all live in the society and it's it's talking about capitalism, actually, because we, I can't fight capitalism because this whole thing comes down to, especially with fashion, to consumerism. So when you when you live in a consumeristic society, you know, cash is king. And if you don't have any, you don't have a voice. So I've had to find ways to do this with just in which I can sleep at night. So as long as I feel like, and I'm not, you know, and you do become like, is are my actions and my words matching up? So I have to check myself all the time. For example, I love Charlotte Tilbury makeup. I really don't like her messaging and I've been vociferous about it. And so I've got to be like, well, I can't buy her stuff anymore, but I really like it. So, you know, I'm not go- I'm not going to say one thing and do another. So and your shopping habits have changed. Very much so, yeah. you know, um, and slowly but surely, um, 
But I don't, you know, yeah, I mean, God. You need to publish a list. So, like, all of us who are too lazy to go and do all the research, be like, these are the brands that have the right. great seal of approval. <laughs> like, <laughs> do all the work for us. Well, <laughs> these are the ones actually, to stay away from. Somebody said to me I should do a makeup brand. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to sell something. Not at this point in time. I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody except for let's have a really open conversation about what we do to each other and women and, and the 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 vehicle that women's bodies have become because we carry so much weight mm. and not just our physical weight we carry so much weight um and mm. that's a conversation i really want to have and i i am trained in that language and so i feel like a bit like a sort of spy in the house of love that i can use that to um unravel it and also the messaging is insidious you know it's names of products it's you know charlotte tilbury has and that's what this particular one is just the one that i can think of off the top of my head it was called pretty youth dew filter and i was just like because right mm. that is that is that all we're here to to aim for you know especially her customers who are clearly 35 plus because of the price points and the packaging and stuff like that and i was just a bit like you know what that's insulting for a woman of my age to be pretty, young, uh, dewy, and with a what well, a filter on it, it's just like it's, what are you saying to us here? Yes, yes, I feel empowered, <sighs> and that's why I like podcasting and writing. But it's not literally not about your dewiness. Well, that's why yeah. I like radio as well. Like, <laughs> like literally, when people are like, "What's the best thing you can turn up looking as I do today?" Yeah. The ruddy nose, <laughs> unbrushed hair, and in your pajamas if you want. I just don't think girls are being told enough, and I'm really glad this is what podcasting has actually done. Girls are not being told enough. Use your brains, yeah, not your yes. looks. Well, and don't is- waste time, your time, your precious time and energy on worrying about this stuff. This is, I don't want to go off on a, another tangent because I want to hear what Emma wants to get up well, on. Well, I feel stupid with mine now. It's well, like, I, wanted to, well, I just wanted to add in that tiny because you just, you just sparked off something that I've been talking about l- lately was I do think that there's a, there needs to be a kind of responsibility for female um, sort of Instagram stars and celebrities who have big Instagram followings mm. to not necessarily constantly post about the way they look and, co- and start posting. I want to see more p- women posting about what they're doing, what they're mm. writing, what they're working on, what they're thinking But they're about. not. They're and not, not just because they're not they doing look. it because they're, they're spending so much time. They're spending their entire time on how they look. They're but, not, but, they're not but reading don't books. But you find that, don't you, have, you mm. know, I've noticed that men tend to tweet and Instagram about what they're doing and women tend to tweet and Instagram about how they look but how many thousands of years of conditioning have we got to undo that i mean we're doing it yeah you know we're sitting here doing it the argument i guess is like you know those girls who i can't remember where they're from but up north somewhere is a real trend to spend four hours getting ready before a night out and spending like 250 pounds on like a professional makeup artist and i'm like if you guys want to spend your money on that like hold on did you see see in russia they they are now they pay to go on to a fake private oh, a jet fake private jet and get and to get instagram yeah. pictures and they don't even fly anywhere they spend an hour yeah. and they go look at me and then that's it but it's <laughs> just it's just an interesting one to unpick like are those girls spending that money and getting ready for four hours because they love it and they're like i love makeup and i love my friends or it or is it like guys or could you be trying to run the country ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm spending a lot of time looking but in the but, mirror. But it's like you said, I mean, you know, it can mm. be fun. Like David Bowie probably spent hours on his looks and Lee Bowie spent hours on his looks and they were clearly expressing something creatively and it can be fun but it's it's not doing it because you're trying to cover something up it's doing because you're, you're trying to express something but they yeah. were they were performance artists mm. and so i think that it's you know it's very different kind of you know i just feel like i want to say oh my god why are you spending four hours getting ready but then i feel like i'm sounding like piers morgan yeah. do you know what do you know what i mean telling women what to do but I'm, I think but, I think you're very different from Piers Morgan. Let's just agree on that one. Okay, do you know oh what? God, do you know what? Let's, you. let's. It, it's a good point. Let's not be negative. Let, I shouldn't say I want to see less women posting about the way they look. Forget that. If you want to post about the way you look, do it. I would just like to, let's put the positive. I would like to see more women posting about the incredible accomplishments they have and what the, th- the amazing things they're doing. And if you also want to post about the way you look, great. But it would be great for more women to be schoolgirls to be showing off their amazing things that they've been doing at school or like but i think it's brilliant to even say that because nobody's saying it enough and you know it's about the when i post paragraphs out of books and stuff like that i know that it's being picked up by people from the response and so more people saying it makes them feel less pressured that they have to put photos of themselves out because it's this otherwise mm-hmm. it's just the same dialogue there there are very few people leading the way for anything else yeah. and so even just having this conversation i hope it's just like actually it's the whole hair and makeup thing is fine do you know the whole injectables the boob jobs whatever it's fine but there is a point at which you're like it, it, as it happened to me it just eats up your life and you end up being empty. And also because the whole looks thing eventually gets to a point, especially what fashion promotes is you get pushed off an edge. You get retired without even knowing it because your worth is based on your looks. Yes. So there's a, t- there's a ticking time bomb yeah. on that currency. <sighs> it's not what we want to be remembered for though, is it? I want both though. And, and I don't know if that's controversial, but like I want to be successful when I'm 70, but I also want to wear like a fabulous fur coat and like, Maybe have like fake fur coat, obviously. Really expensive moisturizers. <laughs> but do you want to be remembered for someone who had great moisturizers, or will you? Do you want to no. be, proudly be remembered for your books and your podcasts and your things that you've done and created? And you can enjoy yeah. your moisturizers and your. I'm fur just coat, saying that there's like it's not your legacy. It's a very big topic. It yeah. is a very big topic, and there's it's so multi layered. That's why you can't just lay at the the feet of the fashion industry because it it seeps into celebrity um, TV. Uh, advertising culture music all of it and what I love what I feel like I'm slightly going through is I was in a band when I was a teenager and I gave it up and I wish that I'd stuck with being rock and roll so you look at our rock and roll heroes they don't give a fuck they're not having injectables you know they're not going can I look younger they're going yeah they're smoking a packet of fags yeah and going you know and uh and going I'm getting you know I'm gonna age like Keith or Mick you know because that's what you do because also Madonna and, you know, we could go anywhere with this conversation. Madonna, um, when Aretha Franklin died, made a video 
saying about, you know, how you get retired as a woman, but she's got so much filler in her face. You can't really understand what she's saying. So I was a bit like, okay, I love you. I'm really confused about the messages that you're giving me as how you age as a woman, because you were my hero. And whilst I feel that your aging process, you're saying I can age however I want, but why are you trying to look young? Why are you filling your face so much that it's starting to look odd that it's the constant change, the constant chase of being young? Like Joan Rivers so, as well. But it's so hard because, Emma, it's like you said, there's such a line between going, we should all just, you know, be able to age gracefully and we shouldn't worry about these things, but also going well, women should be able to do whatever they want. Like if a woman needs a boob job and, and you know, fillers and whatever to be happy. Well, as long as you like- can answer where it's coming from, if you can truly, honestly, because I don't think just saying it empowers me is enough. I think you have to really boil it down. And this is what I've had to do with a year of no, you know, work on my face and stripping it all back. Because every single, every single picture I see of myself, I loathe. I mean, literally want to like vom. And I've I've had pictures in the past where... Well, I was shamed by the Sunday Times style. They put me in the bottom of their barometer for wearing the wrong dress to the Elle Style Awards. And I couldn't leave the house for six weeks because I already have anxiety. I already have crashing self-doubt. And that's what that's what the industry does to you. And I worked for them, you know, and you sort of like... Mm. So as long as you can answer honestly where it's coming from, because if it's like... You know, and I don't judge any woman. You know, my God, you have kids. You get up in the morning and you... you look in the mirror and if you feel like you look tired you feel tired and so why would you take that trick away from anybody just so you can have a bit of a bounce walking Mm -hmm. down the street just to be able to leave the house with any amount of confidence but as long as you can answer it to yourself while you're doing it I I hate the fashion industry so much I've always hated it I hate London Fashion Week I hate the fact that people try and make you fit into something to to like a criteria and like a tick box and I just think the more women that rebel against that the better if you look in the mirror and you think you look good and sorry you can't wear lemon if you have blonde hair like screw all of the rules Mm. I feel like fashion is changing I think and with Instagram and people like not following the trends as much but it is so awful isn't it it's 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 so interesting what you said though as well grace earlier just to take what emma was saying because you said something almost right at the beginning of this and it just it was a real kind of little light bulb moment for me um when you went uh, talking about um fashion that people think it's a kind of self-expression because i've always seen fashion as you said that you once did as a way to be different Mm. so you can wear clothes and you can express yourself and you can you can step away from a crowd and be show your individuality Mm. and how you feel inside with your clothes but the the reality is that the fashion industry is not about that and it's about fitting in and being a part of trend and that when you said that i was like oh my god that literally never occurred to me before Mm. but it's the opposite of what we we feel as individuals it can be for us and it's hard to be different i mean how do you rebel but also i think that what's happened now is girls particularly have and actually guys the whole supreme thing the sportswear thing they have less space now to think about musical taste or what tribe because they all are just i must have that thing i must have the trainer i must have the because the rap stars are all promoting it the yeezys you know the the whole sort of stuff and actually i find much younger kids like I was still dicking about buying shit from counter market when I was, you know, 13 to 16 and, and, and exploring that. And I, and I was different tribes. I was a goth. I was a rocker. I was, you know, like I tried out different things as to the music that I got into. Now it's like, 
six, 15, 16 year olds going, they must have the Supreme. They must have the Palace Skates. What's the Supreme? Sorry. So Supreme is a skate label from America and okay. they're, they're now um, collaborating with um, Louis Vuitton. Um, uh, you know, so it's gone through and it's like massive in black and white culture. Everyone's got to have these really expensive t-shirts like the, the t-shirts like 120 quid and but they do drops every week and if you don't if you know if you miss it they're super rare the rare thing is like you know how insecure must you be like i'm not saying that i'm not but like you it's an insecurity isn't it to be like yeah, i'm wearing a 120 pound t-shirt so please like me but it's what works for, and, yeah and targeting that age group particularly where we were exploring they're going, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy my tribe because that is it. They're looking for a tribe. Yeah. So it's people exploiting vulnerable people. Is that, but it, that's the thing when we were, when we were young, I mean, I was like, you know, I was, I used to dig through the markets. I still a did. A thousand years it. ago. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> yeah. when you found that thing that no one else had that was really special. And I don't know whether that's just, you know, that I've got older now and it's not around or whether it is, but it's just, you know, we're not aware of it. But it was that thing of like finding the unicorn thing. And then everyone would go like, oh my God, where's that from? And you'd be like, I'm sorry, it's from a market in San Francisco. You couldn't possibly yeah, get yeah. it. Mm -hmm. But it sounds from what you're saying, like now it's about like the it product, which is kind of the opposite of what yeah. I feel... I mean, I'm sure we, there's all there. There are yeah, um, lots of subcultures, but I think it's really hard to find the headspace to choose when you're constantly. Uh, you know, I feel like we're already pr pretty much living in Blade Runner generation. You know, it's like you can't go, you can't look at anything without there being some sort of um, you know insipid kind of marketing message into your brain. You just can't, and so we're already there. So you're. And it's going to get worse with all of the algorithms and, you know, and the, the data information that people are going to have on us, you know, and you're just like, and it's just geared up to, to making us buy. That's why I'm trying to put the brakes on a bit and just saying, yes, we're all going to consume, but actually you can be conscious about what you consume and you can buy buying less, buying more expensive products, but buying less. So quality products. And because part of the fact why I, why I had to stop working in fashion is because of fast fashion in the high street. I can't live myself. I know that like you're, you're wearing a monkey piece, but I can't work in the industry. You'll wear it more than 30 times. So, you know, it, there's an ethical way of buying, you know, fast fashion. I can't work in an industry where all I'm doing is promoting shit that people don't need. That's why I, I could, I stopped being able to sleep at night. And so there are, there are, I, I just can't, I can't be complicit anymore in that. And so I just get a bit like, oh, oh. you know, um, the high street is a very dark place in terms of production, you know, Topshop, all of them are selling to women and they treat their female workers as, as slaves. And we know we conveniently forget about that because our brains are washed with the, all of the imagery because we don't have the brain space anymore mm. to even think about that because they don't want us to think about it. Yeah. It's also really annoyingly expensive to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't afford to go out and buy like something that was handmade I around the corner. I struggle when I go, oh, I'm going to do a TV appearance next week. I I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I need something new. And that's an, that's an addiction. That's something I have to be really wary of. Not just pick something for the cupboard, but it's like that thing where I want to put my best foot forward. And then I go, well, where do I shop? Was it net a porter or matches? No, because I can't afford that. But then, so where do you go? Because everything is a bit of a quagmire because nothing really out there is tr totally going, this is made well. So, uh, lots of small brands, but I still struggle because it's like, well, that's not what I want to look like. But isn't that where something like vintage can be? Yeah, I mean, helpful. you know, I wore vintage almost entirely up until I was 32. 
Um, and uh, I feel though, it's with lots of things, you know, sometimes you can, if you're not in the club enough, like vintage, like wearing vintages, but vintage is gone. But like yeah, with Beyond yeah, Metro, they're made, they're made that's in not China. vintage. But don't yeah. you feel yeah. like vintage shops used to have 60s and 70s stuff and now it's all like 90s, 90s clothes. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. That's not vintage. That's just normal. Yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. now I'm old. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's what's coming out of the parents' wardrobes and going into and what's what the kids are wearing. And, you know, that's what goes through the charity shops. But, uh, but I would be like, yeah, there's no way I'm wearing 90s. But because that's yeah. our thing. It's like our parents were like, oh, my God, the 70s. Are you joking? It's disgusting. <laughs> it's um, such an interesting topic. I was just going to say it's really interesting because this actually is such a bigger topic. Mm. The, the actual topic is like, how do you be a human being now in this world and feel mm. good about yourself mm. and feel ethical and moral mm-hmm. and have integrity? Is it even possible if you want to earn money? Yeah, I think so. And but this is it because that that. Uh, that sounds like you can't answer that question. I'm answering the question for myself. Yes, I've had to take a massive pay cut and lots mm-hmm. of people. And the reason why people in fashion don't do it is because, yeah, they're worried at the end of the day. My privilege is I've got a roof over my head. So I'm really lucky that I can do it, you know, um, but I couldn't do it when I was young. I was still doing whatever I would, uh, whatever I could do to succeed in fashion. But I also didn't get paid for 10 years. And that's the thing that people don't talk about. Yeah, because there, there might be people listening who are like, I don't necessarily love the fact that I have to go and work in this workplace that mm. churns out things, but like, I don't have an option to be like, I want to be a good person. But, but like, we had a question about it when we partnered with a clothing brand mm. um, recently and they were like, you're talking about feminism, but you're also partnering with a clothing brand. Like, sometimes you've just, I guess, got to realise that the world is just capitalist. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think that, but it doesn't mean that we just all put our head down to the regime. It's about the choices that we all make on an individual level every day. And it's the power of one, which is what people are talking about. And it's what Karen Franklin talks about. And it is like, we all feel if you, like you said, you have to choose your battles, but I feel like on an everyday level, I have a lot of battles to fight, you know, um, educating my child, the government, recycling, you know, all of these sort of things, but making conscious decisions just small decisions make me feel like a better person. Totally. And as long as I can live with myself, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like that quote that's like, it's only a straw, said 8 billion people. Yeah. But I think also, in a way, the more privileged you are, and I certainly count myself as someone who is very privileged in lots of different ways, the more privileged that you are, the more responsibility you have yeah. to think about these things. So it's like that old adage about voting. It's like, if you don't have very much, vote for yourself. If you've got a lot in life, then you vote for other people. So you have to look at the party that's going to benefit people less well off than you. Mm. But, you know, I have no place to tell someone who is struggling to make ends, ends meet what party to vote for and go like, you know, you must vote green because maybe voting green won't make, you know, will make them poorer and they've got some real struggles to contend with. So I think it's, it, it comes almost like if, if you have privilege, then start looking at how you can be a little bit more responsible and ethical. Uh, you're talking to lots of students and there's a justification about shopping in Primark. I think the lowest, people seem to think though, buying something cheaply is a badge of honour. Oh yeah, it's three pounds from Primark. And it's like, no, somebody somewhere is paying for that if you're not paying for it. And I think the problem is, is, you know, stuff in Topshop, the profit on it is massive. So actually the product, the people, the people who are making our jeans that cost 48 pounds are being paid five cents a day. And you're like, okay, well, where's the rest of that money going? 
And it's like, well, it's going into Arcadia's pocket. That's the bit that nobody wants us to know about. And that's why talking about it really, really helps. But I think just um, the problem with buying cheap stuff is it doesn't stay, it doesn't stay together. Anything from Primark, you wash and it falls apart. So you're like, it's a false economy anyway. And some, maybe some people think, oh, well, that's okay because I'll just buy another one. But then you just might have bought something better that serves other people better and doesn't fall apart because ultimately we're ruining the planet by doing that as well. I have to say I'm a massive, I know we've kind of touched on this, but I am a massive fan of vintage and having, mm. having a baby, you like suddenly have to buy them a whole new wardrobe every mm-hmm. three months. I've never loved eBay more. Now, I, then maybe I haven't done my research properly and there's all kinds of ethical issues with eBay, but I have to say it is such a godsend because you can find really well-made older clothes that have been used a little bit. I mean, how often do babies use them? And I get all my clothes from and yeah, it's, it and is, and it's great. And you feel like you're not using up more resources. You get them cheaper. And they're often some of the older vintage, more vintage stuff are actually better made, better mm. quality. Oh, that's yeah. why they're still around. eBay's the new jumble sales. When our moms took us, they used oh, to go yeah. jumble selling buying, isn't mm. it? No. <laughs> we could do it on eBay. I probably need to be better. Because I'm actually really lazy. Like, I don't really care that much about clothes. Like, I genuinely don't. And I think I just buy like really easy stretchy things and live in them until they fall apart and then rebuy them and i always felt like that was a good thing like well i think so I oh think i rewear things but getting if you're getting wears i mean that's that is it's just a really easy thing but i most people most clothes won't last that long if they're you know if they're from really cheap places you know 30 wears they'll like the seams yeah. will be going nobody fixes anything anymore either they just put it in the bin so there is that mm. kind of thing about you know, uh, the sort of without getting crafty on wash our enough. asses, my wash know. my stuff enough. But I think also, Emma, we can all be better. It's about yeah. being conscious of that. Like we can't all suddenly be perfect. Like we all use phones. I mean, you know, there's endless issues with Apple. It's, you know, you, once you start scratching the surface, there's a deep, deep hole down there. And you know, unless we want to go and live in a forest and be totally self-sufficient and grow our own food and wear, you know, make our own clothes, like at some point, someone's going to be exploited for our mm. expense. That is the world we live in. But I think if we're kind of conscious about that and do as much as we can that's the first step it feels always feels not enough doesn't it and like i was on instagram this morning and got um, a targeted advert at me and it was a turtle wrapped in Mm. in like a plastic net and like basically burst into tears today just Mm. like walking along watching it and i was like that feels so huge and so like me not having a plastic cup it, it does help i'm not i still do it but it's like it just doesn't feel like enough ever 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 but it's it's just one step at a time it's just making conscious decisions you know i really feel the plastic thing really really strongly and yet sometimes i'm like i just really want a coffee and i'm going to take the the plastic lid sometimes i ask them to take the plastic lid off and then i spill it over myself and i go it's okay because i can wash my clothes um but you know it's just every decision we make just go it, it takes a couple of seconds to go is this the right decision i'm making it's just a pattern of thinking rather than because I think I, I think we've sleepwalked under capitalism's guise into making these decisions. And it just all it just takes is like literally like being woke. You go, oh, yeah, I can make better decisions. I really can. And it's not that difficult. Do you know what's so interesting, by the way? This is like a tiny tangent, but you just mentioned the word woke. A friend of mine, I won't mention who, but she works for a touring company for musicians. And she has noticed that the big, big, big named pop star. So Katy Perry (laughs) did a like woke moment and she was like, became like more sort of vocal about issues. Before or Um, after Russell? uh, Or because of? 
I'm not actually sure, no. but I haven't really followed Katy Perry too closely what she's saying. But this is, my friend was just telling me that basically they saw her ticket sales plummet. So right. people were just like, not in NFI, Katy Perry, be on stage, sing your songs, look pretty. Our kids want to come. Yeah. And when she started becoming woke, the kids or the kids' parents buying the tickets, I'm not sure who it is. Wow. They, she just said it's a huge, huge plummet in ticket sales. And they see that a lot with these artists. So well, it's interesting. Again, that- it's what I've done. You know, sometimes you have to take... Um, you do have to take a, a, a slash. Yeah. Your your ethics won't always match up to your earnings, but you can rebuild that. And that's I actually had to go to Ground Zero to do that. And I'm really pleased now that I am starting to earn out of better means because the reason why I was like madly spending all of that money is because I felt like that it was ill-gotten gains. I thought I was getting dirty money. And that really affected me. Mm. And I think that well, you know, Katy Perry probably doesn't need all of those earnings. Neither does a record company. So it's yeah. kind of a bit like, well, <laughs> suck it up, Katy. <laughs> yeah. um, Sleep better at night. Grace, I, I think Emma and I have both agreed and producer Shola that we are not going to get anything off our breasts today because your topic has been so incredibly yes. fascinating and what you've what your work that you're doing but also what you've shared with us today is just so fascinating and um we could talk about it endlessly but i'd like to just share with our listeners who are no doubt as captivated with what you've been saying as we are um where they can find out a bit more about your work i know you're obviously on instagram if you want to share your handle for that it's at grace woodward and it's mostly there actually Mm. you know um it's it's a funny old place instagram you know in the shutting down as we talked about of you know very much monitoring women's bodies but um it's also been a brilliant place and so many things wouldn't have come about without it so yeah i'm i'm mostly there and i love a chat i love that you found you've rekindled and like found your voice on there because i think a lot of people like me i i don't like instagram i feel really bored with it and i feel like it's really exciting to hear someone be like oh i'm using it for a purpose yeah. that feels really good so you it, not only are we going to feel better about our bodies, but we're going to be more sustainable. Thank you, Grace. Yes, <laughs> we've changed the world. <laughs> well, as I said, being a woman is—it seems to be a universal issue, you know. And so I hope that you know we've all we've all we can sit all agreeing. Uh, we're all from different backgrounds on on the stuff we that we all feel, and I hope that everybody listening can tap into that too because it's affecting all of us. Definitely. Thank you so much, Thank Grace. You so much. Good luck with your body of work. Thank you so much for listening to yet another juicy episode of Get It Off Your Breasts. Don't forget to click to subscribe to make sure you don't miss any further episodes.